1: to the untitled film podcast with Callum and Johnny I'm Johnny
2: country roads take me home to the place where I belong
1: sorry my um chorus is having a mental breakdown west
2: virginia mountain mama take me home country roads and I'm Callum have you turned my goddamn
1: microphone
2: <laughs> <laughs> power has gone to his head i'm callum and I promise I won't sing again. Good. I don't Never, promise that
1: ever again. You'll, you'll stop people
2: listening. Well, there is a reason why I sung that, and we'll get into that or, a or bit later.
1: Will become clear. So once again, listeners, um, what is the name of our podcast?
2: It's the Untitled Film
1: Podcast with whoever you are and whoever I am. Exactly. And once again, this is our weekly plea. If anyone has a better idea, beg. We're begging. At this point. Then please please Save us. please come to us. Please help. But on another note, so what are we gonna talk about this week, Callum?
2: Well, this week there's the new Disney release of Pinocchio, the Not- live action remake and not we must stress this the Guillermo del Toro one which is coming out I believe around Christmas which we spoke about
1: just a few weeks ago is it will be is competing and will be on Netflix
2: yes yes it will this
1: is on Disney plus
2: and this is the one directed by Robert Zemeckis and it's a lot more faithful for the most part to the original from 19 I forget the year it came out and we're also going to be talking about the studio, is it Ghibli or Ghibli?
1: Uh, I feel like it's an argument. I tend to go with Ghibli. It's a potato-potato um, potato sort of thing. But yeah, it's... Well,
2: let's, uh, just for the sake of uh, consistency, let's go with Studio Ghibli. And uh, it's the 1995 film, Whisper of the Heart.
1: I'm glad you remember the name because I didn't. But...
2: I've wanted to call it The Cat Returns yeah. and um, Castles in the Sky because there's a bunch around that era that I'm not
1: and I think super familiar with. This one's actually linked with The Cat Returns, but we'll talk about that more when we talk about the the When we film. get into it but, in earnest. Yeah, absolutely. But what it is most famous for is for anyone like myself who listens to uh, ch- chill hop music to study slash yes. relax to or, or similar Um, it is what originally that was from and then someone sued them for using the clip it's that avatar of the young girl anime girl
2: studying with a cat and with her headphones on it comes from this film it's every chill hop thingy that you've ever seen writ large and there's so many scenes of her sitting at her desk reading and with a pencil in her mouth and
1: you know jotting down notes yeah it's wonderful so that is that's that one and then the, yeah, that's our, that's yep. our films this week. So and
2: what exactly links them?
1: Well, what does link them? I typed into Google, um, so we decided we wanted to the new Pokeo, Pokeo, Pokey. Pokey. <laughs> um That's, that's a, nearly as Pokey annoying as when Japanese... Joseph
2: Gordon-Levitt says, Panok
1: Well, yeah. And also, it's a Japanese candy. Um, Pokey sticks. Oh, uh, Pocky. Pokey, yeah, yes. I whatever. Anyway. anyway. Um, but, but, but anyway, so I typed into Google, I fan- also fancied watching a Studio Ghibli film. This is a real insight into how our movies are chosen. It's a real uh, tight ship we run here. Yeah. and But I, I typed the Studio Ghibli film with lying and it was the first thing that came up. Although I don't actually think there's much lying in it. But I, come to I that.
2: suspect that somewhere within the article the word lying <laughs> yeah. appeared... Unrelated, Or maybe even something like the genius of this film lies in etc, etc, etc.
1: But luckily, it actually works so well. So uh, we...
2: A lot of thematic linking.
1: Mega lucked out on this one. Yes, I yes. I think, um, yeah. The, and will never decision. be so sloppy again. I don't think it was sloppy. I, I think it came from the obvious thing. As last week, the obvious thing was to go for Top Gun, the original. Yes. The obvious one was to go for the old Pinocchio. And we Pinocchio. both decided... It's not Pokio I said Pinocchio. Did you? (laughs) Yeah I sounded like Pokio Pokemon Oh you need your earring checked If you think that sounds Irish I'm leaving
2: Oh oh my god He he hit the microphone With his headphones As he threw them off (laughs) You know this is
1: unlistenable (laughs) It's perfection Perfection Uh, If anyone doesn't know that reference That is um, uh, What's his name? I don't know. I'm not sure where you're is. You no. <laughs> <laughs> i set you up then for, for having a genius moment. It's uh, Russell Crowe when he played Robin Hood and was being interviewed by... Oh, is that...
2: It
1: wasn't James the Boy King, was it? No,
2: it wasn't. It's Nigel Lawson? Yes, I think, I think I want to say Nigel Lawson. It's the one in yeah, chat Nigel with, with Lawson, the glasses. Yeah, and
1: yes. uh, he asked him where his, eye, his accent came from. He went, you want to give your ear in check, love? He didn't yes, say love. he did. And, and he got very, very touchy about it. He did get very touchy, and then walked out of the interview. So that was my reenactment. But oh, anyway, how embarrassing! Um, yeah.
2: For the listeners, for Nigel Lawson, for me.
1: It was great crack from Mark Komodo, I think. But that's another story. Another story. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've lost the point that I was saying there. This is terrible. Well, what a, what a tight ship. Um, <laughs> anyway, no, what I, I think what I was saying originally was I we didn't want to be obvious and go for the original Pinocchio. Yes. And um, we wanted to go for the new... We wanted to go for something different, something that kind of worked with the new Pinocchio. And the same thing with Top Gun last week. We didn't just want to go, let's do Top Gun. We wanted to something that kind of fit
2: together. That had together. a bit more of thematic linking rather than just the obvious choice
1: of doing a sequel or a prequel or a remake or etc 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 exactly because we're many things as people but obvious is not one of them yes so anyway absolutely i think that brings us neatly to the news um and there are some obvious pieces of news we need to talk about this week see link link genius um would you like to start us off with your first piece of news callum
2: yes well the uh, venice film festival is concluding and the awards are starting to come in. Um, at the time of this recording, not all the awards are in because there are websites reading them out live. And the ones that are still left are the Golden Lion, the Silver Lion for the Jury Prize, the um, Silver Lion for Directing. But the Copper sorry, Copper Volpe for Best Actress is Kate Blanchett for Tar. The Copper Volpe for Best Actor is colin farrell for the banshees of inner Sher- sharon which looks very funny and it's the new film by uh, martin mcdonough they're pairing their back together from um uh, seven psychopaths and in bruges and it also stars uh, brendan gleason
1: in fucking Bruges.
2: in fucking bruges, yes yes um and uh, martin mcdonough has also won the best screenplay award and there and there's also an award for best new talent for taylor russell for bones and all and Lion of the Future, Luigi De Laurentiis award for debut film, Saint Omer by Alice Diop. So a bunch of cool films. Not included amongst them is that mess for film that's being uh, directed by um, um, Olivia Olivia Wilde, uh, the one with uh, Florence Pugh, which has this crazy amount of behind-the-scenes drama going on and crazy amount of things. People are watching it with a microscope at every little thing that happens
1: at the Venice Film Festival it's gone mad it's kind of interesting because it had going into the Venice Film Festival quite a lot of buzz and then yeah. like loads of stuff seems to come out about it and it seems to it's just didn't seems... like Harry Styles and who else is in it oh, Chris, Chris Pine, Pine. And apparently like spat him, him
2: but I don't think he did I looked at that footage it just looks like he's leaning, leaning over a bit weird but it's mad I've never seen something like this since like Cleopatra in the 50s with Richard Burton and um, I forget the name of his missus uh, at the time, but they're a very high power couple fighting all the time. But you know, this is
1: Liz Taylor. Liz
2: Taylor, yes. Um, but, you know, uh, this, is- this is not something we've seen since the golden age of Hollywood. In a way, it's kind of inspiring, it's kind of fun
1: to see something go so crazy. Wow. Probably not for Olivia Wilde, but that's another story.
2: No, let's hope that the film works out. Maybe when maybe when it's out in general release, because what tends to happen at all these festivals is people go bonkers. They yeah. lose their bloody Can mind. as well.
1: Cannes is famous for it. People yeah. just are like, just, they don't make sense anymore. They it just, just goes completely. mad. Everything
2: goes a bit mad. And then the film comes out and it's fine. Or it, if it's not a masterpiece or something, it ends up just being okay and no, nothing will be said about it. People will say, that film was all right. You know, uh, that tends to happen. But um, yeah, so what is uh, your first piece of news?
1: Well, piece of news number one is there is now a trailer, a teaser trailer, and a kind of release date for Glass Onion, which Ooh. is the sequel to Knives Out. Oh,
2: I saw that. That looked very fun.
1: Absolutely stellar cast, mm-hmm. uh, including Dave Patista. Um, obviously daniel craig reprises his role and yeah just loads you've got of ed Hollywood's. norton in there and uh, seems to be everything at the minute
2: he does seem to be kind of being cast in a fun way he used to be yeah. he used to have this reputation for being hard work so he kind of lost he stopped being cast in things for a while but now people seem to like him again
1: but it seems to be set on a boat a, 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 either murder mystery or a puzzle solving party And of course, it's going to Netflix in some mammothly expensive deal, Um, which is interesting. I think the first one went pretty much. I think it was in cinemas for a short time and then went fairly quickly onto Amazon. So they must have swipey wiped that out from from under them.
2: They snatched that away.
1: But yeah, no, I very much am excited for this because I love the first one. Although. yeah, Dharma's not being—it's slightly upsetting. But yes,
2: that's a shame. But she's got a lot of stuff coming. I mean, talking of the Venice Film Festival, she has Blonde
1: with by Andrew Dominic. which I am so excited for, and it's also going to be on Netflix. Yes, big,
2: and so got a big sixteen-minute standing ovation.
1: Yeah, that's an exciting one. And there's a couple of other. There was something else that I can't think what it is now that I was looking forward to that got a premiere at, at the, Venice, the Venice Film Festival. Yeah, and I was quite was excited. Was that
2: The Whale with Brendan Fraser?
1: Yes, it was. And he got a... Although the, the film itself has had somewhat mixed somewhat reviews. Somewhat mixed. People absolutely have absolutely been loving him uh, and I'm gave him so a standing happy. ovation. Same, same. So yeah, that's, that's some quite exciting news coming out there. And... What about your second piece of news, Callum? The second
2: bit of news is actually television news, but it's something that made me kind of happy, made me smile. It's that Stephen Fry is joining the cast of The Morning Show for season three. Oh, interesting. That is a
1: a good piece of news. And
2: he seems to be having kind of a comeback to acting, because for the longest time, um, anyone who... If there are any Americans or whoever listening to the show, I'm not sure if there are. Uh, Actually, my friend from Canada is listening, so there's one. Uh, he was doing panel shows for um, you know the longest time, and he kind of seemed to not retired but semi-retired. He wouldn't show up that often, and now he seems to be back in full force. He was recently in the Dropouts last year, and he was very good in that. He had a recurring role in that a very, very fantastic role. Uh, he was. Very good in that very moving performance, and now he seems to be in in the morning show too. And both are big American productions, so someone over there clearly likes him, or maybe he just felt like, you know what, I really want to get back into acting and do some high drama on American television because they seem to like him, they seem to want him.
1: He's always been someone who seems to have had a bit of an affinity with America because he did that like 50 states show where he drove around every state in America in the Black yeah, cat. I remember stuff. that. Maybe he's decided he wants to move out there for a few years. And he was in an,
2: an, an American pilot in
1: 2013 for uh, um, Super Clyde. I remember that was with. um so Greg with,
2: Garcia um, talking about the uh, last week. We mentioned yeah, Greg Garcia,
1: but wasn't it? It wasn't that with um, Rupert Grint as yes, well. Yes, it was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember being quite excited and then that happening.
2: So it, unfortunately, it didn't happen. But uh, he seems to like American television quite a lot yeah
1: probably pays somewhat better as well um but yeah yeah
2: excellent and your second piece
1: of news my second piece of news is there is CBS now also one. a trailer for the little mermaid Ooh! i don't know if who's what i would use to describe it oh. so it's another one of these disney high budget live action remakes from the trailer it didn't seem that it lent itself that well to being a live action remake i think there's there's like a a graph and I think with these remakes, if the original wasn't perfect or wasn't you know great, then there's an argument to be saying, okay, let's let's it's, see there's about remaking. Room here. for improvement. Jungle Book's a good example. For all it, people some people obviously love the jungle book, the original one, but actually I don't think it holds together that well and I think the new one probably fixed some of the issues with it. Um I'm not saying I think it's better. I don't necessarily think it's better, but I think it was you know a fine stab. Uh, and then there's other ones that you look at and you think oh it's underwater for most of it and most of the the other things in it are not human you just think to
2: yourself why except
1: for the money which is the real reason that's the obvious reason um, and from the trailer it's just CGI 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 oh top half of one person so
2: funnily enough I nearly went for this this was almost going to be what I did so I'm
1: glad I didn't yeah it's quite interesting it was uh, yeah this was my
2: I keep wanting to call the lead actress because her name is Halle Bailey, and I keep saying want to say either Halle Bailey or Halle
1: Berry. Yeah, I thought I because they were actually filming quite local to us some test scenes down in Macaulay. They did, yes, around COVID time, the event, Um, and I remember it being in the paper and someone saying to me, "Oh, Halle Berry's been down in Macaulay filming a new episode of uh, a new a new." Tip-top it's movie film and we're like, no, no, it's not Halle Berry. It's not Halle Berry, but there you go.
2: The one plus I think this trailer has is that she can actually sing, which is something you can't accuse Emma Watson or, or some of the others of. Tom Hanks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But we'll come to hint, that. Hint, and actually, uh, I think that leads <laughs> us quite neatly into our first movie because we are talking about a Disney remake, a uh, one that mixes CGI and live action. And, uh, Johnny, do you want to give us the honours for introducing Pinocchio?
1: I will. So, everyone knows the (coughs) 19th classic (laughs) version of Pinocchio. Um, Great researchers on the show. And they are... They've remade it, Uh, funnily enough. It has... Fantastic
2: portion of (laughs) Majority.
1: Starts off, old man Geppetto, in his workshop with his cat, and his fish working away on a little boy puppet, Jiminy Cricket bounces through the door. He's a cricket, if you didn't get it from the name, uh, and he's a bit of a ragabond. He's also narrating the story, but then that only seems to happen for the first like ten seconds of it, and the last ten seconds they of the film. do seem to lose interest. Yeah, which doesn't happen in the original. But anyway, um, then Geppetto. So there's something gone on in Geppetto's life. He's lost his wife and kids, is what we seem to surmise from it, from the fact he has a picture of a kid he keeps talking about uh, and mentions the event or something at some point in it. Um, Sad, wishes that the puppet was a real boy, wishes upon a star. And his dreams come true.
2: See, I don't have the power to unplug his microphone. (laughs) But if I did, I would. But not... (laughs) Because I dislike this purely out of spite at this point. But it, it's, that's pretty well summed up. Um, and uh, what did you think of the film?
1: Well, deep inhale. I wasn't a fan. Um where should we start? So, the thing that... Obviously, when you've got a film like this, you're going to compare it to the original. I haven't watched the original for a good 10 years, I would admit. But I always remember, and particularly as a kid watching the original, there's some quite gnarly things happening in it. And again, I don't want to go, this is the film number one, so we're not going to go into too much plot detail. Um, But there's some pretty gnarly things that happen in in it, which are quite scary as a kid. I think it's one of the ones that's known as being one of the scarier Disney movies. It has that
2: reputation uh, for scenes involving donkeys and whales and... Etc. They Ch- live, children snatching. They live in memory as being the ones that sent children behind the
1: sofa. It's like this one and Bambi and stuff. Like there's a couple out there that people really remember as like whoa. And this is one of those ones, like 100% one of those ones. Um, and I don't think that any of those moments really had the impact that they were supposed to have.
2: It all felt very wet, and because all, all the CGI is very it has that problem that all Disney remakes have is that the CGI looks dead yeah but also kind of rubbery and squishy and so it looks both too cartoony but also weirdly
1: inert but they also tried this weird thing of some of the things they tried uh, everyone knows there's a character called Honest John that's a fox that they've tried to go down the kind of lion king route of being almost quite photorealistic about the fur moves realistically and things like that but then you look at pinocchio and he doesn't look that photorealistic and some of the stuff where they're linking um the the live action people in with the the animation is horrendous oh some of the bit, some of the bits around geppetto's character there's a bit where he's in water it looks like he's just like floating and tom hanks is a great actor and i don't know what happened in this film because he is not acting great in this film it's very poor it's like really hammy he has to sing and he can't sing Uh, um he just can't maybe he has done in the past i can't think of anything off the top of my head but in this he cannot sing he he is the most cartoonish thing about it and he's one of the only things that's real yes um it's absolutely hammy and not in a fun way there's a couple of for how fun performances in there that I enjoyed more? Luke Evans. Luke Evans really enjoyed Luke I Evans. I think Luke
2: Evans is terrific in everything. Wow. Here as well, he's one of those kind of old-fashioned song and dance man uh, men, and he's got that similar thing to Hugh Jackman. Um, and he keeps threatening to become a movie star, and then it doesn't happen, and I fear he's missed his window. I fear that they're going to go down the route of giving him the villain, the supporting role, which is a shame, but he is the one bit of life in this movie, and he was really fun and really enjoying himself, and then he left.
1: I also quite enjoyed, going back to Honest John... um, Michael Michael Keegan Key. 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 Yeah, him playing that. It was, again, very over the top, but he was a CGI fox, so that's fine, I feel... I quite enjoyed his character um, and I f- forget the actor's name the guy who does Steph Let's Flats oh he, he played the school teacher oh, I enjoyed gosh, him yes, very was. small role but enjoyed him also quite enjoyed the only Italian actor in a film completely set in Italy um, that was the, the the guy that runs the puppet show yes um, I thought he was he was quite a good Quite fun, quite. Che- there's that line, isn't there? There's that kind of like Hammy chewing the scenery, cartoonish It's a, it is a tightrope, which it worked for some of them, and then there's Tom Hanks, which was just like, I am a Luigi, I am a gonna walk around my shop. That's shopper.
2: the weird thing. He wasn't even doing an accent; he was just doing the cadence of an yes. accent. So he did the bounciness of Italian accent, but with an American accent. And on a few points that you made, uh, the CGI very recently um i think it was after the most recent thor film came out thor love and thunder there was an article that came out with anonymous cgi artists who said that look we're strained with it's a hard job we're given really terrible hours um we're, we're overtime. we don't sleep we're given no time no money and we're forced to do make a, a big disney movie on or, a fraction of the time money and energy that we need so i just want to stress that while this cgi is dreadful it often becomes the case and not here not on this podcast because we're good boys that the cgi artists are usually probably even almost always even maybe even always not to blame they're doing tough work for no time and no money and no
1: energy well it comes down to time it's always time with these issues and disney obviously when oh we want to have this out for Disney Day. Obviously at the minute it's dis. Well, it won't be when the time this podcast comes out in two weeks time. But it is like it's what they call D Days. So it's a big Disney Day. They put loads of new stuff on in the last few days on Disney Plus. They're announcing loads of next year's stuff at D23 and things. So they obviously went. That's our release date, which is ridiculous. When yeah, and they always do this. They obviously they do it with Marvel. They they rush these films. There's not enough special effects artists in the world actually anyway there's there's a a shortage of them and these poor guys end up doing 23 hour shifts and sleeping under their desk for three weeks to then get panned on the internet for the the CGI's rubbish when it's completely the studio and the director's fault absolutely Cats being probably the biggest example of this because they uh, uh, yeah they had to release Cats
2: with a uh, patch didn't they
1: yeah well but my understanding is that Tom Hooper had zero understanding of how to make a cgi film so he finished filming and he was like well that's basically done isn't it um not realizing that months and months of work was needed and when the apparently when the trailer came out that was all that was done and they were like well the film's coming out in four months you need to do an incredibly cgi heavy film in four months what do you expect you bunch of morons so this is going out to studio executives and certain directors you're idiots and leave your cgi people alone
2: and that leads quite neatly to a point I wanted to make about Robert Zemeckis. Now, whatever you think about Robert Zemeckis (laughs) and his obsession with mocap, at least he has a certain, or did have a certain amount of ambition uh, where he's like, I want to try the new toy. I want to try the new thing. It won't work. It's ugly. It's really weird. Uncanny
1: Valley. Uncanny
2: Valley. And it leads to quite poor movies. But at least it shows that there's a, a filmmaker trying there. It's like here, he's just completely given up. He's completely like, I can't be bothered to do this anymore. Let's just roll out another lazy film. And if there's anyone who should know about CGI and how to treat CGI artists, it's a man who spent the last decade and a half trying to expand the the craft, you know, maybe not to, to mixed results or maybe even quite poor results. But if there's anyone who does, have experience
1: in CGI of all things, it's Robert Zemeckis. But maybe it's not him, maybe it's Disney. Maybe. I suspect that they're... it's quite consistent that, in fairness, with some of these live action ones, they've actually done a right job with the CG. But if Marvel movies are anything to go by, Disney CG is going to be pretty poor. She Hulk at the moment. Yes. Oh my god, the I know. CGI. I know, poor He's...
2: Tatiana Maslani. Yeah. Who's so good. In that show, and always is, but is underserved by that. Yeah. There's another point I wanted to bring up. It's, it's a problem with all these Disney remakes, and it's a, a quite ob- an obnoxious belief. is that cartoons are an hour and a half, live-action films are one forty-five to two hours, and there's no exceptions. And they figure, and then they have they to put-
1: figure out how to stuff other yeah. stuff into a movie. But they also manage to. Do that, but also make it seem rushed. The original Pinocchio felt like a consistent like,
2: and that's another... And this
1: was like, took ages to get going. That's the just then when the it thing. got going. There was loads of like, it just like you say it bits went, in it
2: there. When, uh, the first I, I realised I timed it. They don't get out of Geppetto's house after, so they set it up. It's A good half hour. A good half an hour. Yeah, it's and then ridiculous. everything happens. It just runs.
1: It. It's. But then it doesn't, and then it'll slow down for a bit, and then there'll be a bit. And they've added kind of glue bits in that don't really need to be there. They've added new characters that just seem to be there for. Just to
2: add a bit of padding.
1: And I'm not going to ruin the ending for everyone, but they've changed the ending, and that's like makes the film, should make the film 10 minutes shorter.
2: And there's no. Because films are all about uh, payoff and release, and uh, uh, setting something up in Act 1 to pay it off
1: in Act 3. They don't do that. No. They just change the ending. There's, there's, a, and there's a lot of random bit. Yeah, that 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 is the issue. with The ending is that it would make sense. I actually kind of understand why they've changed the ending, but like you say, it should be built through the way through. And I literally, the film it just ended, and I was like, it just what? stops.
2: What? And then the
1: credits roll. Yeah, poorly as well. They're yeah. not even very exciting <laughs> credits. It's like something I could do in an on, on iMovie.
2: It's strange. It's, it's a strange a really, film.
1: Yeah, it really, it kind of like, it feels like it picks certain things up and then just drops them as well at point. Like, there's certain characters in it, they literally pick up and just drop and you never really see them again. Or new characters, they've kind of glued in, but they're not glued in very well. And then, yeah, it doesn't go... For, in my head, the original one is like such a big movie. This is, It's a big world building movie. There's giant whales, there's... You know
2: the boys turning into donkeys. Yeah, on a
1: like crazy island, which I also want to talk about that island because that island was ridiculous. A pleasure island. Yeah, but it was just so ot. The whole film was quite understated and almost felt like a TV movie. Then it gets to this island which is just ridiculous and so over the top compared to the original film.
2: And weirdly, that was at least the part where Luke Evans shared most of his scenes. And he was the
1: interest. Yeah, he was. Fine. And was like,
2: okay, well, he- I can I can do with him. You know, he's all right.
1: Was yeah I I don't know the whole thing just was a mess the man needs to better agent it did not work it wasn't it didn't the pace it was tonally all over the place pacingly all over the place it missed all the magic from the original and had a stupid ending actually the ending's not stupid but it was stupid because it wasn't signposted and built into the movie it felt like someone in a production meeting almost felt like they were like oh we're like three weeks behind schedule we could just cut the ending off it's also just incredibly
2: boring as well. I mean, like you said, there's no magic, there's no joy there, there's nothing there. It's dead. It's, it's it feels like a, a dead product.
1: If we hadn't been doing this podcast, I probably wouldn't have watched it part, for past about an hour. Same, it, probably.
2: There. Same. I would have given up at some point.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it really there's some bones in there of a good film there's a few good fun kind of secondary and tertiary performances in there it's the original the original one's not a masterpiece but it it has some really dark moments and that's what it's kind of remembered for and it really dropped the ball on those and it Added a load of stuff in that made it quite boring, and it had some pretty terrible lead performances. Oh, we haven't even talked about Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Jimmy oh, Cricket. Yes. What did you think?
2: Not good. No, um, they seem like what they... was he
1: doing? <laughs> they
2: seemed like they twe- he tweaked his voice and post so much. Like, why bother getting Joseph Gordon-Levitt at that point?
1: I I can't remember the actor that plays him or the character's name, but you've watched Archer, right? Yes, it reminded me of the the guy that ends up in a wheelchair for sorry, a couple of the seasons.
2: Oh, yes, yes, no, I do with remember. the handlebar moustache. Him. Yes. It
1: reminds me. I was like, it's kind of like a, almost a bit of a slightly camp Georgian sounding person. been yeah. going on. It was in strange. Italy, but I know the original one was a little bit like that. And I, I think it's an imitation. It is it's an, an imitation, but an it's imitation. just. But what? Yeah, like you say, why did you just get an animated person at that to do the point? Voice? I what, mean,
2: if you're going. Gonna... to... It, it, oh, if you're going to add so many layers of post-production and him doing ah, Pinocchio, you you're a real you're going to be a real boy you know at that point, why, why spends the money on Joseph Gordon levitt
1: I honestly had to, I had to check on IMDb who was doing his voice. I thought it was two different other people before. I, I thought, I mean, t- what did you think? I thought first, I thought it might be the actor that did him and I can't remember what the actor's name is and then I thought it could be um, Sean Hayes.
2: Oh, it could have been. Yeah, yeah, I can I can see that. I can see that linking.
1: That, that was, I listened to Smart List podcast, which you guys should too, but not before we listen to this one. Don't um, promote other podcasts <laughs> on our podcast. Having listened to Sean Hayes quite a lot, it kind of made me think of him. So yeah, I literally, and then I still wouldn't have guessed it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and I really had to strain hard, and it, it just sounded like, at least do something different. At least do something different. Yes. Like our podcast, where we pick a different film, that maybe doesn't make sense with the other film, but it's fun. Terrible link. (laughs) I wasn't even trying to link it, but yeah. I mean, the other thing that I wanted to say was I watched the Galma del Toro trailer after I was like... it's wonderful. I love that It looks fun. I actually don't think it's my... I love stop motion, um, which you guys won't know, but I love stop motion. Um, And it's probably not my... I I like Henry (laughs) Silek. Henry Silek style more. Is it Cilic? Cilic or C- I thought it's Silic. Oh maybe it's Silic. Anyway, whoever. A potato a Tomato Tomato Tomato. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long week, guys. Um yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I liked his a lot. Uh, but but I, I like Hemi Silic stuff style wise more. But I still really think the game one looks great <laughs> just some of the little things they talk about uh, things that this just glosses over like the the, the it's, it's meant to be quite an emotionally impactful thing and again the original wasn't amazing at it but when you know the original story of pinocchio and and get you know what galmo's everyone knows what Gelmo's like he'll he'll hone in on those things and and will make those things make sense and they've let you mcgregor do you mcgregor's voice with the jimmy cricket which is enjoyable instead sort of some stupid accents and it, Yeah, it just looks like a really cool mystical world and a different take. Yes. Where this is trying to be the same thing, the same story, redone as live animation, but with loads of random crap added in that's not needed.
2: Well, I think Guillermo's, just judging from the trailer, has a lot of magic there and a lot of, it reminds me of Amblin films, Steven Spielberg, early Spielberg, like E.T. has that sort of, you know, wistfulness and and it makes your heart soar in certain points, like where it says, this is a story about imperfect fathers and Imperfect Sons I think that is a good hook that's it I'm, I'm,
1: I'm bought I'm bought and sold yeah exactly I think um, yeah and it, it, I didn't like it if you haven't got if you it haven't it, guessed I we did weren't not fans. like it no it was a mess if I was to sum it up it's a mess it was boring it was missing all the magic from the original and bar a couple of people most of the acting was terrible
2: I'd agree with all and of that and the CGI was bad I'd agree with all of that. Should we uh, key up the second film?
1: I think so, but first we've got a very special message. Exterminate. Exterminate. I am a Dalit. Listen to Johnny and Callum's double feature movie podcast or I will exterminate you. Also, I can fly upstairs now apparently. And thank you for that special message.
2: Yes, thank you very much, whoever we decide it's going to be. (laughs) I'm just going to leave in the bit of
1: us talking about... A little peek behind the curtain (laughs) (laughs) there. Anywho. Um, Yes, so film number DOS. Callum, take us away. Tell us a story.
2: Well, this is the 1995 Studio Ghibli film, Whisper of the Heart. And in true Ghibli fashion, it's a film about children and uh, the ways in which they grow up. Uh, It's about this young girl, she's about 14 or 15 years old and she keeps getting these books out of the library. And she notices that there's a name of a boy in there and it keeps showing up in every book that she gets out. It's a um, same boy, same boy all the time. So she goes on a uh, little investigation to try and figure out who this person is. And it leads her to this, and this is where the link with Pinocchio came in quite handy, and it was quite accidental, to an antique shop. And in the antique shop, there is a wooden doll of a cat, and there she meets the kindly elderly man who runs the antique shop, and it turns out that there's this boy that keeps on, you know, bugging her. He's not unkind, he's not cruel, he's not a bully, but he he keeps making, like, little comments, little comments all the time. Could this boy and the boy in the who's writing, who's um, taking out the library books before she does, could they be one and the same? Maybe. Could this boy perhaps be the key to her heart, for which she writes the a uh, a story when she learns that uh, he has a dream. He's going to go off and create violins, and he's going to go off to Italy. Ah, Another link there. Another link there. and go to Italy. To I mean, create. that one's pretty tenuous. It was pretty tenuous. To go to uh, Italy to create violins. It's his dream to create violins. And he says, I'm going to go away for two months. I'm going to go to this uh, place where we learn how to make violins. And she says, okay, well, I'm going to write you a story when you get back. It's going to involve everything that she's learned along the way. It's going to involve the cat's toy. It's going to involve, uh, involve the story of the old man and the love that he let slip from his fingers due to the war and it's uh, directed by a man named Yoshifumu Kondo and very tragically he died only three years after this film was made and this was his only Directorial feature uh, effort. He, he'd he made a couple of shorts and he was an animator across a whole load of Studio Ghibli films But this was his first shot as a feature director and very sadly he passed away in 1998 so Johnny, what did you think of Whisper of the Heart?
1: I really liked it. I really liked it too. <laughs> it was such a palate cleanser. Yeah, I, I watched it the other way around. I watched this first and then Pinocchio, um, and it was also a palate cancer for that reason. But no, it was it was lovely. I obviously I love like Princess Mononoke and um, and Spirited Away and a lot of the bigger fantasy. Um, studio Ghibli films but actually I really love the kind of the lower stakes more realistic ones as well like I absolutely love Only Yesterday uh, me too which is one of it was Miyazaki's first wasn't it it was a Miyazaki Miyazaki I don't
2: think it was Miyazaki but it was was among the first Ghibli
1: films very early Ghibli anyway um, and I really like those ones I I'm a bit of an asia file, so I really like Japan interests me so kind of seeing all the intricacies and the, the way the cities work and the trains and all the little things and, and that I mean just in general is what I love about Ghibli movies and I would say anime in general but obviously some anime is very low quality and quickly slapped together but of quality anime yes quality anime the just the little detailings things that they'd never even a Pixar movie wouldn't think to put in so like there's a scene where she first meets the cat and they're going along on the train and uh, you guys may know this but on buses and trains some of them have those little bits you like pinch to like open windows a little metal latches, and then you could just see these little metal latches in the in the background uh, on each window and stuff and i just or the imagine that the, the uh,
2: handrails kind of
1: perfectly, yeah, and, and just the little signs, the real life like street signs and things like that and and yeah, I really really and there was, there were also some just some beautiful little details anywhere there 's a, a clock that the old man in the shop's been restoring. And it's made by um, pocoroso which is obviously one of the Studio Ghibli films. Just a little, yes. It's quite Pixar before Pixar, these little cute little heartbacks and details and stuff. Um, and obviously the Pixar guys were, were quite inspired by Ghibli in general. But you, you would never, a, a studio would not give, um, you know, Pixar $100 million or $120 million to make a... Sweet little animated love story that's incredibly low stakes. But I think
2: why Ghibli films work as well as they do is that they treat childhood seriously. They're not nakedly cynical about it. They don't you just use kids as a way to bring in uh, children into the audience to you know spend their dollars. They really take the journey. Of childhood first love and going to school and you know writing your first story which of course isn't going to be the best story in the world At the most serious events ever like there's a wonderful scene towards the end so she writes this story for this boy while he's away in italy and the first person to read it is the old man she says uh, uh he says something like um give it to me to read let me be the first one to read it please and he's read reading it and she says it's terrible isn't it it's, the- it's so bad and he said it- it's rough and you know uh, it uh, but you're you're like and this earlier he gave her a rock with a emerald in the middle and it, it's only it's unpolished but um it, it shows promise and that's the kind of this whole metaphor you know it you're you're blossoming, you're blooming and it treats that very seriously it treats that childhood journey of falling in love for the first time and writing a story for the first time as the most serious things to ever happen, ever and that's uh, a a trick of um, of uh, Studio Ghibli and it's something they've always um, cared a lot about.
1: Yeah, I agree Uh, and I think from that point of view it really works and yeah, I think it, it, there's no cynicism in this film. It's just a nice tale about childhood. And and you don't get that very often. It's got to be about supervillains with big yellow things that make stupid noises. Or it's got to be about a talking rat. Or it's got to be, you know, all these things. Whereas this is just a, a kind of sweet little story. A little bit of serendipity in there as well with the names and things, which is always quite quite nice. And it's just beautiful. The soundtrack's amazing. There's a great through line with a great song in there. Yes. Um,
2: and seeing you at the start teeing is um, Country Roads. Take me home. Don't turn off my microphone. West Virginia. And so throughout the oh, film. She
1: likes to sing Concrete Roads. Concrete
2: Roads. There's this very funny, kind of quite quite wry uh criticism um as there are in a uh, lot of uh, Miyazaki films oh not um, Miyazaki and Ghibli films and just to say that uh, Miyazaki wrote the screenplay the adaptation of this uh something that he cares about a lot is environmentalism so they have this uh mocking version of Country Roads Take Me Home because it's so alien to them they say well I've never really known about Country ho- Roads that Take Me Home so I'm going to rewrite it. The, so the young girl for uh, her friend, she's rewriting the, so- rewriting the song for the assembly. Then they're going to sing it at, the, uh, at some point. She writes, concrete roads. Um, yeah, it's all about how... Uh, West Tokyo. West Tokyo. Yeah, they're just completely ripping it up. And you can imagine Miyazaki having a cheeky little smile at that. Um, it flanks the film. It's the opening credits and the, and the ending credits. Features a cover of Country Roads Take Me Home. Um, and it and it's quite an important scene in the middle as well yes in the middle and there's a scene where um, the young boy with his violins that he's making he's, um, he's saying oh you know this song because he keeps on making fun of her he found the lyrics the rewritten lyrics that she wrote and he plays it on the fiddle she starts singing it and the old man his friends are all amateur musicians they all come in at the right time and play their in, uh, instruments to it and it's a it's a very lovely scene it's a Again, it's a small stakes thing, you know. But singing in front of someone you fancy, and then suddenly his relatives show up. It's like, oh my god! Uh, you can see she, she's very tense
1: at that moment, but it's very funny. Which again, always, as always with Miyazaki, sorry, with Ghibli films, fantastically animated in the way that it shows that, and the body language and things. That it, it, without it, it's both very expressive but quite subtle at the same time that not many much animation does well pixar at times can do it well but outside of that yeah um yeah the other thing that with the the whole country roads thing something that i quite like to do these days with um with ghibli films is when they're on netflix you actually can have the sub and the dub for those not in film world the sub is the subtitled version where it's in japanese and there are subtitles below it and the dubbed version is where an american cast has re-recorded the i was not gonna say american but usually is american cast has re-recorded the audio um and the american one had some quite big names in it as well you'd know you'd know some of the voices if you heard them but um i quite like flicking between the two and there's a reason for this what used to happen when they re-released them in america was they were like American audiences, they won't listen to, they, they, there's quite a lot of Ghibli films, not times of silence, or there's not music, or there's just foley sounds and things.
2: So they'll add uh, some dialogue from another character that's not on screen
1: at that time. Or they will whack on, um, like, a big orchestral soundtrack or something that's not on the original. But actually, what was quite nice about this one was they, oh, that scene in particular, I was flicking between them, and in the the Japanese version it's Country Roads but sung in Japanese in the other version in the in the western version it's Country Roads sung in English and stuff so it, it that yeah it, it doesn't have any of those it doesn't seem to have that the terrible soundtracking that you would get on some of the Ghibli films
2: i think it's because um ghibli in general tended to be quite safe from a lot of the problems of the uh, of the dubbing um, for the most part, they took them quite seriously. They were done by Walt Disney. They weren't all perfect, but I think Miyazaki, who was the head honcho, he's the boss as well as the director of a lot of the movies, he had a lot of oversight. Um, and he, he managed to kind of wrestle a few, win, try to win a few battles.
1: Well, actually, it, yes and no. Um, I don't think they really took them that seriously until after the success of Spirited. Okay. So my understanding, and if you listen to some of the early ones, there's I uh, I can't remember who it was now, I think it's Any, any Frame of Painting video about this. Um, on, on YouTube, on the YouTubes. Um that really talks about it. And some of the folk there is, and I can't remember, I think it's not or so there's one of the films anyway where there, there is kind of a very windy soundtrack, very foley. Oh, I think heavy. I know the
2: one you mean it. I think it's um, Naushka, yes, Valley of the Winds. because that, That's one of my favourites.
1: And if you listen to the the dub version, they've got rid of all that great foley work and it is just a lot of... Um, Orchestral music instead, and it's, it oh ruins gosh. it. It's, it just takes a, it takes you out of the film. It's I'm not, miserable. Yeah, so it is. It's quite an interesting one, but this is one that you, I think, you would but enjoy both with the sub or the dub. So yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. Great story. Really sucked. Really held my attention, even though it's incredibly low stakes. Beautiful as all Miyazaki stuff. It all Ghibli stuff is. Um, yeah. I did
2: did think that it was uh, fun to see that. Have you you seen the poster for the film in both the Japanese and the American posters? I haven't, I don't think, no. They use that. So uh, she writes this story about this cat. um, And that story is the kind of only moment of fantasy when she's reading out the story or when the story is being read out loud. The poster of the movie is that scene. So you'd be forgiven for thinking that this is a Studio Ghibli fantasy film. And I must say I went into it thinking it was that I kept thinking for the about the first 20 minutes this is gonna she's going to go into the magical world now now and then of course it didn't happen it's like well this is great too I didn't ex- I didn't know it was going to be a uh, contemporary young adult fiction I thought it I kept thinking okay oh she's met the fantasy land and it's gonna happen no it's not gonna happen and I was doing it because I, I look I read it up on Wikipedia I saw the poster and said Oh, a fantasy film. A, Myers, a, uh, sorry, a studio Ghibli fantasy film. Fantastic. And then it didn't happen, but I'm very glad it didn't.
1: I read a very quick synopsis, so I didn't have that. Much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we were selected. It's just now, weird how they sell movies. They yeah. knew that, oh, that's
2: obviously the hook of the movie. That's a selling point. And this is both in the Japanese and American versions. They've have a poster that's like that. Um, and then, of course, it is a bit of a wrong footing in the audience because yeah, they're absolutely. expecting uh, my, a, a, a Studio Ghibli Miyazaki fantasy film that never comes.
1: Yeah, if you went in thinking that's what you were getting, you you probably would be disappointed. <laughs> yeah, probably. Which which goes back to what we've been saying on previous pods about how they sell movies. Yeah, how they sell it with
2: certain genres because of expectations.
1: But I, I won't take that away from the filmmakers. No, absolutely not. and filmmakers are, are different people. It's completely, completely different departments. So, I think that brings us to a close on uh, on our a bit of wrapping up, a bit of tying up the loose ends and the knots. So, thoughts, Callum, what did you think of a bit of a sum up and out of ten on the old Pinox? Oh, Pinox? I really, really disliked
2: it. It was there was hard to find anything anything to like um even the performances by people like um um luke evans who is fantastic it's not enough it's not good enough just to slap in a good performance like the other week we mentioned this about michael bay look there's the character actors let's add in the character actors and that's sort of how that felt adding in luke evans and his two scenes where he was really good it's like that's not enough and also um something i wanted to go back to that i actually forgot to say uh, you mentioned the clock in Whisper of the Heart that had a little bit of a link to. Um, oh, God, yeah. To po- about this as <laughs> well? To, Ro- uh, to Is it po- Sorry, I haven't seen that for a while. Yep. Uh, Pocoroso. Pocoroso. Um And so you said, oh, that's a nice, clever tying in to another. Film in that fr- in, in that by that studio. That that's clever, and it's subtle enough that you don't sort of get angry about it. But there Whereas a, a sledgehammer, sledgehammer, <laughs> and duh, we can talk duh. about this because it's the opening scene when he's uh, Geppetto is showing his clocks to uh, Pinocchio and oh, just wait a minute, they all strike 12, and then it's like, uh, out comes Simba, out comes oh, uh, Sleeping Beauty is put into the glass coffin, oh, look, uh, there goes, uh, she's touched the pinwheel, and, uh, you know, and th- these is, and I, I don't have a problem with anachronisms, um, because While it is set in eighteen something something something.
1: Yep, this is what I wanted to say though. Woody from Toy Story on it. That's nineteen ninety five. Ninety five, and he
2: looks like a toy from nineteen ninety five. I know he looks. It's a cowboy toy. So, well, actually, no, that's not fair because Woody is supposed to be an old fifties toy. But even still, he looks like a toy from the. He looks like a
1: cowboy. Also, (laughs) there's in general. Actually, this is a. Obviously, Zemeckis has gone. I like mechanical little things. Yes, and it's just full of little things going things that would not have been existed then. And, and and they are just they're time fillers. It's a bit like in The Lion King. When there's that scene, scene of a beetle rolling up some shit. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, well, we need to make this God. film longer. Let's just, this will look cinematic. So they put all these bits in to be cinematic and it takes away from the fucking story. It does. It absolutely does.
2: Um, and it's because of that reason. It, it, it's the naked cynicism. Because I've seen a lot of these Disney films. Because often when you're after work, you're tired, you just slap on whatever old shit is on TV. And just kind of half days to it. And you find yourself finding... You're going, it's bad, but it's acceptably bad, so I'll just sit through it. I found myself getting angry at the naked cynicism of a lot of this and everything else that we've already mentioned in the review uh, proper. So it's for that reason, I can't give this any higher than a 2 out of 10. Wow. Yeah, it really annoyed me. It really bugged me, this film.
1: So you can tell that I don't really like it either. Um, I probably think it's the worst of these i haven't seen dumbo oh
2: i have um again acceptably bad like it's not good but i can daze through it
1: this is this is a mess and i mean to waste tom hanks like that as well like he he, he, just the way he walks around and stuff it's just stupid everything about it it's just over the top and then whiplash, so one thing will be over the top and one thing won't be over the top and one thing will be cartoony and one thing will be real life and blah, blah, blah. And it's lost all the tonalness. It, it, it just is a mess. A mess, but not a good mess, like a boring mess. And why do you think the worst have to kind find of mess? The, the cat CGI. I know. And the goldfish. And the goldfish. Why have they made what the goldfish the CGI? It and the goldfish doesn't even fucking do anything. I, I know it was in the original one, but it was an interesting character, the original one, and there was the whole thing with the cat trying to eat it and stuff. None of that. Anyway, it's not... We're not meant to be giving too much away. Um, but I also did not like this film. Um, and I, I probably, just because there's a couple of performances that I enjoyed... And there were a couple of things done okay. I was I was tossing up in my head earlier whether to give it a four or a three. And I think I landed on a three because I don't think it's a two-star movie equivalent. Okay. Um, so, yeah, we've not it been too kind it. to it, it have not have, been,
2: have not been kind at all.
1: And? A, a Whisper of the
2: Heart? What do you think? Whisper of the Heart was just lovely. Um, I have a very high love for the studio Ghibli and has a screenplay by Miyazaki and tragically the only directorial feature effort of this director who did die tragically in 1995 so it's a shame I can't sort of judge more of his work but if it was anything like this it suggested like he was going to be a very extremely talented director with lots of things to look forward to and that's a real tragedy and a real shame but this film really gets childhood and the magic of storytelling and that kind of feeling, the giddiness of falling in love for the, for the first time. I just thought everything about this was wonderful. And I think I'd, I'd be happy to give this a 9 out of 10.
1: Wow. Yeah, I also really loved it. Thought it was a great story. Beautifully animated. Amazing soundtrack. Um, something a bit unusual as well. I think it's also, obviously, I know he doesn't direct it, he wrote it, and it's, but it is a Ghibli film, and he's one of the co-founders. Maizaki um, used to always have a saying that he thought children should only see one film a year, but it should be an important film. That's lovely. I think, yeah, this was always his saying. And, yeah, Miyazaki used to always have that saying. And I truly believe that this is you know it's one of those films it kind of teaches it's not even a moral lesson it just teaches you a lesson about how to grow up what to look for in life and you know how to make a decision and be sensible and who to listen to and uh, yeah and I think it it works really well I think there were a couple we haven't talked about the flaws really because it's just too nice I think there are a couple of flaws in it I think um yeah uh, I think it's not the most exciting one and I think obviously these films are aimed for children and I think some children might find it a little
2: boring at times it might be one of those uh, animated films that's where the uh, adults are going whoa that were lovely it were that were lovely and the children are off playing uh, the Playstation or the Game Boy Advance or whatever it is they're playing
1: no uh, exactly I think so there maybe there's a couple of things around that so if I'm looking at through the prism of a family movie I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 so okay. it's still pretty no, good. that's very fair that's fair so, um, that means that we have given the brand new 100 plus million dollar...
2: 150 million I read somewhere, but these Disney are often... Disney Plus
1: exclusive movie, um, a two and a half out of ten. <laughs> Wonderful. <which> is, um, <laughs> basically a one out of ten, a one out of five. Yeah, it is. Um, which is pretty bad. And we have given a 20 three-year-old Japanese animated movie probably made for like $10 million. I think it's 27.
2: 27, yeah. What did I say? I said 23.
1: I I actually meant 27, so uh, now you are right. I
2: was doing it up in my head. I'm no better. I'm terrible at math, so someone's going to correct us. No, it's
1: 27 because it's... Yeah, it is. is. Because it's 95, right? Yes, it is, 95. Uh, So, yes. uh, A 27-year-old... Probably like 10 or $20 million budget movie. Um, we've given that an 8.5 out of 10. So it goes to show money isn't everything. It was absolutely lovely. And I think that brings this week's podcast to a nice and tidy close. Put
2: a nice little bow on the top.
1: And yeah, our advice would be don't touch Pinocchio, the tempered bargepole, barge pole. Because uh, you will waste two hours of your life that you'll never, ever, ever get back. And uh,
2: my advice would be to skip the first five to ten minutes of this podcast, which was unlistenable garbage.
1: Wow. I think that's actually what the listeners come for, in the majority they, they come only for the, the first five minutes. So. And then they skip the, the rest. But anyway, bye! Bye! Country roads, <laughs> take
2: me home
1: to the place. Hello, this is Johnny from the... Johnny and Callum film podcast or whatever it's called.
2: Not even remotely the title. <laughs> oh my God, my
1: microphone's off again. <laughs> and I would like to have a, <laughs> a small message here to apologise for the singing at the end of the podcast and say, please listen again next week. And, and the start. And, exactly, the start. Yeah, exactly. And um, really apologise for this.
2: Listen to how he treats me.
1: And this is me saying goodbye I'll for the strike. both of us because he he shouldn't be allowed near a microphone ever again. <laughs> uh, I may have replaced him with someone else next week. We'll see. So. Thanks a lot. Bye.